Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode four of Me To Think with your host, Ninjam. What an exciting week I've had. I've been so busy getting loads of messages off loads of fans and people around the world. It's just been amazing. Thank you so much for your support. We've now hit the 27 followers mark. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing to watch this grow slowly, slowly, but we're going to get there in the end. I promise you, Joe Rogan in two years from now. So, What's this all about this week? We're going to talk about one of my favorite journeys in my entire life, which was the club culture in uh, in England with a great set of friends, best fucking friends you could ask for. So where did it all start for me? The last episode, we talked about me becoming a DJ, and I also mentioned about me collecting flyers, which was the sort of start of my DJ career. But what I forgot to mention was something really interesting. There was this one time me and my mates were in Manchester doing the flyering, collecting the flyers and we usually got the bus back home and the bus got delayed so we had to take the train for the first time ever we were like you know 12 13 years old and manchester was rough so we were a little bit scared about getting a train anyway we're going to buy some tickets and we're walking down there all we've got with us is bag of uh, flyers a little bit of money and we sat you know was walking down the train station and i just saw this massive gang of like thugs come walking towards us two of my mates jump behind me, you know, I was a bit of a cock in school and all that. They're like, go on, Adam, you'll sort them out. And I'm like, you know, why don't you give us some assistance here? Give us a bit of backup. No, they're behind me, trailing, expecting me to do something about this big gang of hooligans. Anyway, they get closer and closer, and I start clenching my fist. I'm fucking shaking. I'm like, you know, I don't want to be dealing with these gangsters. And just before I'm about to, like, strike out or have a panic attack, this one geezer comes walking up to me, looks me in the eyes, and then his mate comes from behind with a wog box, which is like a stereo system, sticks it on the floor and just presses play. And they all start breakdancing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they're not here to fight us. They're actually just a gang of dancers. And now I was like, how do I get involved with that? It's fucking ace. They're all starting flipping and back doing all these things I'd never seen before. So I was like, I want me some of that. And I remember it was um, cool in the gang. Get down on it. So I was on the train all the way home. And I said to my mate on the, on the train, I said, one day I'm going to get my name on that flyer. And he said, don't be ridiculous. I said, no, I am. I'm going to get my name on a flyer and I'm going to start dancing first. So I just had this fucking thing in me. head, this like obsession about how, how do I learn how to dance like those guys? What do I do? So I remember going down the street one day, uh, not, not long after that. And one of my mum's best mates, she, she'd just got cable TV, which was a big thing back then way before I had it. And we got invited around one day and the first channel I'd switched to was MTV. First ever video I saw was The Prodigy. You're no good for me. I saw Leroy doing that shuffle thing with his legs. And I was like, oh my God, how do I learn how to do that? And it just stuck with me in my head. And then I turned the channel again and it was like, Bjork, big time sensuality. Never seen that, never heard it before. So I was like, you know, 12, 13 years old and I had this new sound in my head. So anyway, I went to one of these typical house parties with my mates and uh, everybody's in there and they're all listening to hardcore rave. It was like what we call the Big Bang back then, Carl Cox and Stu Allen, Mikey B and all this. I just started hearing it and, and I was really into it. We, we had Stu Allen playing on the radio and we were all quite lucky to get our own Walkman when we were kids. Your mum used to buy a Walkman from Kay's catalogue and pay it off for like four years for a pound, <laughs> pound a week. <laughs> it was expensive shit that back then. Back then. So... We're listening to this fucking music in this house. And this this guy, Wes, big up Wes, he's like, Adam, come on, it's your turn to get up and dance. And I, I was like, I, I don't know what, to, what I'm doing. 
And suddenly I just got in the middle of this like dance circle and started busting some moves. And, and I, made a, I made a bit of an impact. I had no idea what I was doing or why I was doing it, but my legs started moving. I'll tell you what it was. It's called a gift. And I had it. And I wanted more of it. So I was obsessed with, like, I just wanted to move my fucking legs, my pins. I couldn't stand somewhere, you know. I, I, was, I was always moving, a little bit like my mum. So I started listening to this Stu Allen every Sunday. We, me and my mates would go down the uh, quick save, start knocking a ball around against the wall, the old wally. Listening to tunes and... The poor bastards who didn't have Walkmans, we, we'd share headphones, you know. It was just madness. It was like full-on force. You listen to that music now, it sounds dreadful, but back then it was just like liquid gold. So anyway, I, um, I, I was fortunate that I got invited to go to Ibiza when I was 14 with my mate, Gaz. Gaz Howarth. <laughs> Big up wherever you are, fella. His mum and her boyfriend invited me to go over so my mum and dad agreed so i went to ib for 14 didn't have a fucking clue what ib was about and um i just remember me and gaz we drank a pint of sangria and um ended up going down to what is what was the old cafe de mar and i just remember going there in the middle of the night shit-faced off sangria and all these people are coming up to me and giving me hugs and i didn't know why i was just like why is everybody so nice of course they're all off the fucking ends weren't they but i didn't know what it was back then i was too young so i just remember feeling like oh, oh, this is really nice everybody's dead happy everybody's dead friendly and it's just really nice chill out music so i'd learn a little bit about rave i'd learn a bit about bjork and then i'd taste the old jose pandilla down on the beach and i wanted more of that as well so i just remember one tune from that time i think it was like 19 93 big tune of that moment for me was atlantic waterfall that and that sweet lullaby it was like oh yeah so i was getting into all that tribal stuff and mixing up with a bit of hardcore techno you know what i mean so I remember then I get home and telling everybody that, you know, I've been to Ibiza and everyone was dead jealous. I'd have bought a couple of tape decks from space, but I'd never actually been to space. So I did what I used to do, told everybody I actually went to space when I didn't. So that was something I had to follow up with much later. So anyway, I remember then after school, never did any drugs at school. Some people did. I didn't. Smoked a bit of weed in that and it sent me fucking doolally. But I remember as soon as we left school, I dropped an acid with my mate, Matt and Nick, we all had this acid, it was perfect summer day, and I'd never done anything before, and I tell you what, best trip ever, it totally opened my mind, I mean, look, there's now people talking about uh, how the benefits of drugs are, MDMA and, you know, microdosing mushrooms, there's benefits to it, so I've got no, I'm, I'm no shame in talking about it now, it could actually heal the world in the future, but I'm not saying go out and do it, no, I'm saying, if you want to do it, go and do it. So I did it, and it was it was an amazing experience, and it opened my mind again. I kept having all these experiences that are opening my mind. So we started like forming this little allegiance, and um, Jamie was like, um, you know, my DJ Yoda, I told you about. He was one year ahead of us, so he was already starting going into the clubs, and he told us like this club you got to go and check out. It was uh, rude in Oldham, called Club 57 or something like that. And me and my mates went there, me, Nick, and um, dropped in, we dropped an acid in this club. I don't know why I did it. I don't, I'd never do it ever again. But back in, the, back in the day when you've got no priorities, no responsibilities, it's fine. So we go down there, and I remember being in this club, getting a taste of this. I was like, what's this all about? I was about 16, 17. 
And I just remember Josh Wink, higher state of consciousness. That came on. Oh, my God. I was like, what's this? I wanted more of that. And then Yeke Yeke came on, Mori Kante. I was like, I didn't want to go home. I think I think I was dancing for about two weeks after that every day. So that was like one of my first tastes. And then I got invited to go down to Skegness. Uh, Fantasy Island with a bunch of fucking absolute maniacs in the back of a transit van. Um, and it was absolutely wild. First time I ever did uh, some other narcotics, which I didn't really like. Just did a, what we called a speed bomb. And I tell you what, I did some fucking mileage in that place. It was a big ass place. I went in every arena, probably listened to every single song. And I've, no doubt I nagged every single DJ. But I just remember one song about that night, which was, It's as cold as ice. And I'm willing to sacrifice my love. The drum and bass mix. So I never really got into drum and bass. So now here I am in the middle of a fucking skegness off my head listening to drum and bass. And now you can see how I, I started molding my mind, not into one genre, but just allowing the vibe, the energy to, to just move my feet. And that's all I wanted to do. So I started, I started practicing this like shuffle. And I tell you what, I used to go in clubs and people would say, Adam, do your dance. Go on, do your dance. I do my dance. And people come up to me and say, what do you want? I want to buy some of your drugs. I wasn't selling drugs. I was just dancing. <laughs> so after Skegness, then it was Maxime's in Wigan. And that was when I remember listening to Baby D. Let me be a fantasy. Oh, my God. I mean, it's a bit cheesy now, but back then, an entrance set you free. It was that kind of era. Oh, I just, I just, my head blew off. It was unbelievable. Everybody's hugging. You know, we didn't have mobile phones back then, but we had little baby G watches and you'd be able to put everybody's number on your baby G. Mine was loaded, man. I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd have to wear like five watches to get everybody's number. You know, I was one of them, just knew everybody's name at the end of the night. So then we get to Manchester. Oh, Manchester was epic. First club for me in Manchester was Holy City Zoo um, with old Dave. Oh, Dave, man, he passed away not so long ago, but anybody knows Dave. He was an absolute legend. So Holy City Zoo, I just remember that place pumping, absolutely pumping. It was it was unbelievable. And then at the Hacienda, um, there's so much I want to talk about the Hacienda, but I was fortunate to go there around 97, right before it closed. And I just remember walking in there. It was Green Park, me and Nick, my mate, and Nick's mum. Uh, she's an absolute legend, she was. Big up, Christina, wherever you are. So walks into Hacienda and I just remember um, it was Voodoo Ray, a guy called Gerard. And, you know, people say, what was it like being in the Hacienda? I'll tell you what it was like. It was like somebody smacking you right in the heart, but love, pure love. That's big, big bassy sound. Bom, 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 bom. And everybody just smiling. Everyone's happy. You know, would you like a beer? You want a beer? You want a hug? Whatever you want. It was, it was just mint, mate. And, I don't know, something about that place. I've never found anywhere like it. And it's probably better it did close because it's like it's just like a golden temple. You know what I mean? It'll never be replicated. So there's so much I want to say about that, but for another story. So then we had the temple in the in Bolton, the temple club. My God, big up Giovanni Musso, big up Stu Pilling. So many memories there. And it's funny because I ended up getting into ancient Egypt, which which will come in later episodes. But is a club in the in my hometown called the Temple, and it was all like Egyptian stuff inside. I tell you what, no, let's not fuck around here. I was definitely king of the dance floor there, no doubt. And one one of the biggest tunes there for me, gotta be Soul Searcher, can't get enough. When that fucking tune used to drop, there'd be like two levels, and everybody would run down into the middle of the dance floor. Ah! can't get enough 
it just go off. Everybody smiling, everybody just in absolute ecstasy. And I'll tell you what, drugs were miles better back then as well. Did help. So from the temple, what happened with the temple? We sort of we made a little um uh we, we made a name for ourselves in the north. And in Birmingham, it was all about trance, like you had gate gate crasher in God's kitchen. And obviously down south, it was all about your drum, bass and speed garage. But we were very much on the map for a funky house. And we started getting all these fucking weirdos, like, you know, a luminous pink with the yeah, glow sticks coming up. And you're like, oh, you're not bad. Fuck off back to Birmingham. But we used to we used to trade. We'd go down to uh, get, crashing, get, get crashing in God's kitchen. And, and it was wild. I remember ATB. All that kind of stuff. It was like the crossover from trance to house. It was just wild, man. Big up Howard Chisler, wherever you are, man. We used to have some real fun times. Thanks for driving us all the way around England. So um, out in the sticks. Wow, Dave and Huey back then. That was amazing as well. Got to give that a shout out. Then we have Cream, of course, the big Cream in Liverpool. So I used to deal with Freebeat Records in Liverpool. They were one of my clients when I was working at uh, the record distribution. Well, I'll give a big shout out to Steve Parry. Obviously, Camel Fat. They're doing massive. They, they were working at Freebeat as well. So big up you guys. And Les Calvert, Les, Les used to run Garland's. Oh, man, Garland's. What a night that was. Garland's and then G-Bar after. It was just absolutely storming, wasn't it? So Liverpool was just an amazing night. And then, of course, I started DJing at Venus. Um, I don't know if, you know, whoever's been to the original Venus, for me, first time I went, went in there, I was like, this is it, innit? this is the place. It's about 500 people. Just a little tiny room, but the sound system was mega. And you had the biggest monitor speakers you've ever you've ever seen in your life. And I got, I got to play there. Thanks for Dave Ellis inviting me over. And I remember I put a lot of effort into that. I, um, I, I was the first person to get Gaggio so many times on a white label. And I practiced my set. I never used to do that. I used to just collect a lot of records, take some drugs at home in my, in my bedroom, and just be like, how, how is the crowd going to feel when I drop this vinyl? And I listen to music in my headphones in the same sort of um, attitude that a dancer would have off his fucking tits. Because I was a dancer, you know what I mean? I was trading places. And that's I think that was a secret for me. I know... I know many DJs that never took drugs. Well, you fucking loser, man. What's wrong with you? you? You're missing out there, fella. You know what I mean? It's like having sex and not sticking it in. So <laughs> we did Venus this this first night, and it was still to my still to this day, it was the best night of my life. I had my mates there. I just took the fucking roof off the place, and I'd spent ages printing out all these CDs. Um, I gave out about 200 CDs. I still get messages from people now saying, Adam, that CD you did at Venus was just fucking unbelievable. So, you know, I started getting out there. And then I remember doing Elemental for all you fucking diehards in Manchester. That after club, after Venus, Elemental, me and John Fitz. Unbelievable. Absolutely banging. Six o'clock in the morning, it's just going fucking crazy. So big up Fitz just can't get enough and Jason Erd and all that crew Adam Guy love you guys man Andy Cleek oh my god and uh, Fitz and Erd sorry not Fitz and Erd Stent Ryan Stent hey how you doing brother so then I just remember we got a little bit fed up with uh, you know going to fucking these after parties in Manchester so you know what we used to do after that we drive all the way down to Leeds we go and see Daily Padley aka uh, Hot Since 82 he was resident DJ at Glasshouse that place was absolutely mental. Like, people would be dancing in there, and then they go to a pub around the corner all day Sunday off the chops, and it was welcomed. No fighting, no hatred, no fucking taking pictures. Everybody was happy. 
you tell me where's the crime in that you know what i mean so then it was also got to mention paul taylor retro them nights were amazing danny whitehead juice bar i mean there's so many things i'm trying i'm just going through my notes i'm just trying to read off all these amazing memories but all of you molded me into the character i am today and i love you all dave shaw gotta give you a shout out as well um i remember my first major festival reading that was absolutely mental as well we, we ended up you're sleeping in a transit van didn't really plan it properly everybody was like smashing all the stalls apart just trying to find wood to burn so we could stay warm that's what it's all about in england you know what i mean and then i just remember going watching prodigy live and in concert and i, I was watching it and i saw leroy doing his shuffle and here's me i've been copying him all my life and guess what happened just you know 25 years down the down the road i ended up djing with leroy in vietnam took him to a club and got to sit with him and tell him dude you're my mentor and you know what he did he gave me a little kiss on the cheek and give me a love give me a hug said that means the world and that that's it you, you believe in something so much it's called the law of attraction it will come towards you you know what i mean so i had this roller coaster ride but everything that goes up must come down so i've just you know i've got all this experience all my mates were all clubbing and then one of our mates, Woody, he, he, he died. He had an accident and he got run over. It was a hit and run. And, you know, our, our crew, I want to say a big up to Jamie, to Gareth, Graham, Eri, Wyatt, Nick, Andy, Tony, Paul, Madman, Stevie, um, Gary, oh, Claire Linney, Rebecca, Baby G. The, the list keeps going on. I mean, we had the, we had the more... Uh, Bezzy, we had the biggest ever clan together and we were so tight. And then things started going a bit weird and we all started going our own little ways, you know, getting fed up with going out all the time. But we lost one of our mates. For me, I'd already lost my dad. So I knew I knew what it was like to lose somebody. I knew the pain. But for all of us, we were living in Wonderland. We were just living life and having it large. And then we lose one of our best mates. And it was fucking heartbreaking. I was with my mum. We just lost my dad and now we lose, you know, a brother. And my mum sat there like, oh, it always comes in freeze. And guess what? You know, we'll get to that later. So I just remember then, like, you know, when you when you when you live in this club culture, like we are living it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it then it stops. It's so weird. You don't know what to do with yourself. So I became like I was busy DJing, but none of my mates would come to support. Not, it wasn't their fault. It was, they were just busy and they couldn't afford it. So I started going to gigs on my own and it, it was just not the same anymore. You know, like it was, it was hard work, it became a job and I never wanted to be a job. So I remember being on top of the world and people were coming up to me at Venus saying, oh, you know, your mix is the best and you're the best DJ. And I was like, I don't want to be the best because I know what it, I know what happens, you know, DJing, it's like chefs, there's, there's a territory, there's a lot of ego in, involved. So I just knew as soon as I started getting attention, that other DJs would start getting jealous or whatever. I didn't want that at all. I wanted to be everybody's mate. So there was a bit of a scandal that happened at Venus. I personally felt like sabotaged and, you know, I lost my job. So I went from being this superstar fucking DJ, this, this up and coming talent in, in Manchester. I had my name on the side of the Auto Arena. Massive 80 foot poster with my name. I couldn't believe it. I went from that guy to not being able to show my face in Manchester because of some scandal. And all I'm going to say about it, I'm not going to mention names, but if you've got a problem in your life, here's my advice. Go and face it as soon as possible. Because what I assumed was a problem, you know, a few years down the line when I actually, um, uh, I, I went to 
speak to, I confronted these people that I had a problem with. They didn't remember. So for me, I carried this weight around for so long and for them, it was absolutely nothing. So what I've learned in my life now when I've got a problem, I just fucking go and deal with it. If somebody's got something to say about me, I'll be like, yo, I'm the one writing my own poems. That's what my poems are. My poems are taking the negatives and turning them into a positive. So if you've got something to say about me, you better do a better poem, fella. You know what I'm saying? So I went from, I went, I went really recluse and it, it, it sucked. It was one of the reasons that I probably left England I was, I was this cool guy one minute and then I, and then I lost everybody. But I think, to be honest, I just ex, I had to have that experience of like learning to be on the top one minute and then coming down. Because if you just ride in the top all the time, you're going to have a really bad fall at some point. So I'm blessed. I'm, I'm happy now. I've had all these ups and downs, but I can say that I'm, I'm an honest and I'm a caring person. And without any of those trip ups, any of those challenges in life, I wouldn't be the same person that I am now. So anyway, then after all this, I, um, I started becoming recluse and I lost my confidence in DJing. I used to try and go out and I'd see people and they'd look at me and be like, oh my God, it's DJ AJ. I'm like, where have you gone? And I just was like, nobody, nobody understands what's going on. So I started turning more to writing. And, and, that, and that's how I was like, you know, this, is, this maybe is what I should be doing. I wrote a poem for Woody for his funeral and I'd already done one for my dad. And then after that, it got hung in the pub in uh, the Queens. And I started getting people asking me, can, can you write a poem for me, me you know, me, me father who's passed away? I'm not joking. I must have wrote about 30 or 40 poems in the village just for people that were passing away. I then started getting people coming up to me saying, big up, Kath. <laughs> they were saying, you better write me a poem before I die. I want to read it before I die. So that's how I started creating a bit of a legacy. You know, I didn't even know what was going on. The best things in life, they happen all natural and you know here's me i thought i was struggling with things i was battling all this anxiety but the reality was that i was just blossoming into something brand new so anyway that's a story about clubland i could i could waffle on and, and, and blah 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 about so many things but he ended up summarizing it into a poem which i called the river and this is what it's all about it started in ibiza with jose pandilla atlantic waterfall just 14 years old. Strangers hugging me on the beach, synchronized whistles and grinding teeth. Spirits in unity as the sun unwrapped the sea. Fantasia, Big Bang, Cal Cox and Mikey B. Twice as nice, Stu Allen, Entrance, set you free. Brandon Block, back to back with Jeremy Healy. Nipper, the master, sampling Space Odyssey. Grant Nelson, Swing City, Brian Tappert, Sulfurically. Full intention, I'll be waiting endlessly. Kings of Tomorrow, finally. Roger Sanchez shared the decks with me. Jerry Rapero is me Corazon. Weekend debauchery, happy Monday. Packed in the car, no clubs too far. Sweetest day of May. Beastie Boys versus Prodigy. Intergalactic Planetary. Learning dance moves from Jamiroquai and Leroy on MTV. Denied entrance to Piccadilly without a fake ID. Maxime's in Wigan, hardcore baby D. Then it's on to Skegness for a New Year's fantasy. Jungle is massive, go! Like Moby. Rude in Oldham with Jay Floyd behind the decks. I'm a man on a mission, higher consciousness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another random after party. 
where everyone was happy. Dave and Huey at Holy City Zoo. Crescendo, night train, and electric avenue. Shot the beat, strings of life. Kendo Nagasaki. K-Class, a cheeky half, ultra nate. Come on and try, now's the time, cause you're free. Pat Drury, Nev Johnson, Nick Hussey, Mike Anthony. Pete Tong, Radio One, live from Blanche's. Mr. Sen and Andres, Wally Lopez, DJ Nano, and Mike Candela JP. Graham Park, Mike Pickering, and Tony's Factory. The mighty Hacienda, the dance floor of the kings. Lost in music, embraced with ecstasy. Cream in Liverpool, three beat Steve Parry. Gatecrasher, God's Kitchen, Judge Dropping, ATB. Miss Moneypenny, Cy Forestero, Scratching Seven Inch Beauties. Boat parties, fine ladies, north and too risky. Just can't get enough, subliminal of the Herd and Fitz boutique. Adam Guy and John Besant chopping anthems real sweet. Everyone's going mental while Robbo stamps receipts. Deansgate fully loaded when Venus lights the street. If you manage to gain access, you is in for a fucking treat. Dave Ellis pumping steady. Chris Freighter drops a beat. John Stewart adds the pressure, running stents intensity. A-Jam drops the classics and people lose their sheets. Dave's still on the door collecting entrance fees. Tony Walker and Mark Dennis smashing it in Leeds. 50 miles was no distance to dance at Love To Be. Nobody's business but me. Lee Spence is rocking Sankey's Mike Lightfoot, Maitre D. Greg Vickers' Chunky Beats makes that the place to be. Paul Taylor's rocking retro from Angels to Tall Trees. Danny Whitehead is the legend, Juice Bar Legacy. The mighty tempo was incredible. Soul Searcher killed us all. We couldn't get enough. DJ, play one more. How I miss those sacred dance floors. And then there's Jamie, who I'm thankful for. I would have simply remained a dancer had you have never taught me more. If you know what a hug is, I need not say no more. Hey, remember, have it large. See you later. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Press that little bell. I love you in a bit.